Welcome to another edition of the Youthscape Podcast with me, Martin Saunders. And with me, Rachel Garner. It's great to have you join us. Yeah, and every week we do uh, a youth ministry interview uh, around which you and I witter. We do witter and twitter and whiffle and waffle. That's it. But it is all for a great cause, to get you so desperate to hear the wisdom that you take in all the great stuff from our guests. I've got a Satsuma here. Listen, I wonder what you munch on as you listen to the podcast. That's a great question. You can tell us what you eat whilst listening to the Youthscape podcast mm. by tweeting us or dropping us an email. Youthscapepodcast at youthscape.co.uk. No, no it does work. Is it? Yeah, anything goes to... Oh, basically, wow. you email... I tell you what, here's, here's something funny. Uh, it, the email address, you're right, is podcast at youthscape.co.uk. But... Um, Chris Curtis, the overlord of all technology at, uh, at, at Youthscape, has set up something so that he basically gets, if you write anything, if you write like, I don't know. Burgers at. I was going to say burgers. Isn't oh, that weird? thank you, Jesus. Burgers at mm. youthscape.co.uk. I'm a bit worried about Someone why we were. Someone should test that right now yeah. and send an yeah. email to burgers at youthscape.co.uk. In fact, could everybody, and I mean this, <laughs> I mean, because Chris we won't. We won't tell Chris. Uh, first yeah. of all, we're recording this in December. Second of all, uh, we uh, we we won't tell Chris no. that we've done this. So we'll have forgotten. He'll have yeah. forgotten. And then if you just all send an email now to burgers at youscape.co.uk with whatever food you eat whilst listening to the podcast yeah. or doing anything else, it'd be very confusing. It'd be really confusing. Might tip him over the edge, and I am next in line to the throne. <laughs> So, Brilliant. Okay. Um, I've got a question for you, yes. Rachel Gardner yes. of uh, Romance Academy fame. Yes. Certainly know her. Yes. Um, Rachel, um, where is the most exotic place on earth you have ever been, either on holiday or on a sort of ministry trip? <laughs> on a ministry trip, it would be Florida. Oh. In America. You got a ministry trip to America? Well, I took the young people for the No Sex Please for Teenagers, ah. the BBC pays. It's not, it's not ministry, is it? It's more, but it's youth work. And the BBC budget got us to America, and all we had money for left, even though we're in the land of like Disney World, we took them to Manatee World. <laughs> What is Manatee World? Big fat cows in the sea, basically. What? Can you imagine? We just took these 12 North London teenagers. Woohoo! We're going to go to Manatee World! Going to see some big fat cows in the sea! It's awful. No, hang on. What? It was awful. They are bird, so, they're a type of whale. They're like a big inflated seal. And they swim around these like, little kind of swamps. And we took our young people. In fact, they were so upset with us and so noisy that the, that the lady in the tour boat stopped the boat, pulled it over, and we had to all get off. No way. And walk back. Yeah, we were so. Because British awful. teenagers are worse than Florida teenagers. Well, because like, well, British teenagers inflicted on Manatee World in wow. Florida. Oh, I'm, I'm understandably incensed. If at least a couple of people could send an email to manatee at youthscape.co.uk, that would just make my day even more. It's just awful. It was awful. So that's mine. What's yours? What's the most exotic place you've oh, been to? Oh, most exotic place I've ever was been it, to. Was it, was it a leading question? Do you have something in mind? Uh, no, but our guest today is from <gasps> another country. Oh, I've been to Norway. You, you've been I've there. been to Norway. Yeah. Priestan Rock. And I don't know how you say well, it. Well, we've talked about this on the podcast. That's probably... We played out the... Um, yeah. We played out that... Um, that lady who, oh yes! 
who does a voiceover, a voiceover of you oh, speaking. Congan Park and yes, yeah. outside, yeah, it's oh, it's beautiful. It is the most exotic place I've ever been to in so my life. You've been to Norway. I've been to Norway. And I've been to Norway, people. Our guest today is from, is from Norway. From Norway. So we'll, we'll introduce her in yes. just a moment. Yes. Um, the most exotic place I've Sorry. ever been. <laughs> Gosh, um, I should have thought that through. Yeah, uh, I've been to Turkey. That's not very exotic, is it? I think that is quite exotic. Turkey. Yeah. Uh, America. Yeah, it's as exotic. It's not that exotic. I mean, do you know where I've never been? Where have you never been? I've never been to Africa. I no, quite like to go to Africa. Africa. I'm quite been. keen yes. to go to Africa. Not not like South Africa, like the sort of the northern you countries. know, yeah, like really? like maybe Malawi and yeah, mm. East Africa or West Africa. Mm. I think mm. rather than one of the other extremities. Well, for I think our yeah, available. I'm sure it's yes. a fantastic innovative work that you could go and have a little listen to and look. I at. would love to see innovative youth work in Africa. The I found out this morning, right? So I don't know what. So I clearly take on too much during the months leading up to the National Youth Ministry Weekend because I was clearly so stressed that I didn't read an email properly and turned down a speaking opportunity to speak in Australia. That's like a proper, like what, that's what, a proper. What were, the, what were the jolly? What were the signs on it that made you think oh, I'd ah oh, what? Where? I think I read what it and I said, oh, you don't want me, and I recommended someone else. Oh, Martin. What was I thinking? You need to pass these all through Manatee at Youthscape. <laughs> and we, we, the podcast tribe, yeah. will decide for you where you go. Meanwhile, Can Dyer gets another jolly. <laughs> He's right. doing good work. He's doing right. great work. Doing very good work. We'll anyway. So, now, we've got a fantastic guest who, if you were at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, you may have been one of the select few that managed to squeeze in to get a seat at her seminar because it was the most clickbait title oh, yeah. on the board, yes, wasn't it? Yes, it was, absolutely. And I want to know the answer. Yeah, and the question, the question was, is your youth ministry cultic? Whoa! Which is a word like that is quite a loaded a, old a heavy word. word, isn't it? So, uh, so hello, are you finally allowed to speak? You've yes. been sitting there, you've been very obedient, very not joined in at all. No, uh, but now you can speak. Oh, hey, so hello, Gree Appland. Yay, from I'm from Norway, yeah, yeah, so it must be a big ABBA fan then. Uh, I mean, I've heard the music a lot. <laughs> Go to nice Ikea a lot. Uh, I love Ikea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Norwegian meatballs are better than Swedish ones. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, just, I mean, I was, I was doing old gag where I named a number of Swedish things. Mm. But she, uh, but, but she, she, she was just nice. She's, yeah. She was just nice. I was like, yes, I am. Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah. So, so Nord, that, Nordic that. dramas. Because in, oh, in, in yes. the UK, we all love a bit of Nordic. And actually, Gree, you yeah. are wearing the jumper. I am wearing you the jumper. You are wearing the Nordic this jumper. This is my Yes, exactly. Is it anyone, what's the name of that series? Can anyone remember? It's Which from. Uh, what's what's the series that she's in that she wears that jumper? I, d- oh. I don't think I've seen this. <laughs> oh, it's one of the Nordic noir. The killing. The killing. The killing. Oh. The killing. Okay, Thank okay, you. Okay, yeah, so yeah. The, the the police officer wears the same jumper every day and has this kind of like swag around her neck of beautiful yeah, this kind is of woolen. It is the Norwegian pattern. You grew up in Norway. I grew up in Norway. Yes. But what brought you here? Um, God. Yeah, I... There's a pattern. There is. A slight pattern. And <laughs> I... I don't know what happened. I started having this massive heart for the UK when I was in sixth form. And then it was kind of just a case of waiting until I was old enough to move, really. Um, so, yeah, so first I did a gap year um, in Watford. Um, and then I left England to go to Thailand for a year. And then I came back and did my uni degree and everything here. What was that in? 
Uh, my degree was in psychology, that was my undergrad, and my master's was in the psychology of coercive control. Yeah, so this becomes important, doesn't it? So yes. you're, you've got some sort of long-term dream of going into this, yes. this discipline even more, right? Yeah, my long-term dream is to become a clinical psychologist, so oh. I'm going to have to study some more. I'm just taking a break for study for the moment because it's a bit hardcore, but yeah. Fair enough. That's amazing. And so um, that kind of interest in coercive control mm. um, then developed into an idea for the National Youth Ministry Weekend. And we were talking about things we could get people to talk about this year. And one of the commitments we always have is, uh, is, is not nepotism, but mm. new voices. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so we want to you know, find people who maybe haven't had an opportunity to speak in, on those kind of stages before. And I don't think you had particularly, no. unless you were trying to you know, stalk Rachel Gardner and <laughs> climb onto the platform uh, yeah. that uh, you, you hadn't done that so so you had this idea that you kind of came up with and, and we thought it sounded exciting and definitely yeah. like clickbait yes. so so tell us what tell us what you talked about uh, well my title was uh, is your youth ministry courting which I think you guys came up with and I was like oh that's a bit clickbaity but um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely but you we know what we are <laughs> um, but yeah I think I'm Having done my degree, I basically spent six months having an absolute existential crisis because um, I started picking up on all these things from church that is actually quite cultic. Um, and so out from that came a massive passion of just wanting to make sure that our churches and our youth ministries are the healthiest, the most spiritually healthy that they can be. Um, so that like when we bring young people into it, we don't want to bring them into a place that's going to harm them. We want to bring them into something that's actually going to be good for them. And mm. so, yeah, just getting to to start a conversation, I guess, um, where we can start thinking about and having a conversation around what is healthy, what's not so healthy, what do mm. we need to change and think differently about. It's quite exciting. And can you just explain for us what qualifies something as a cult? So what makes something cultic or cult-like? Um, I, I think... There is like loads of different aspects that make something cult. I, I would say like most mo like most churches aren't cults at all, uh, but we can still have unhealthy behaviours um, and behaviours that are similar to what they would do in a cult. And so I think when I say cultic, it's just like something that would happen in a cult that we might have a similar behaviour to, yes. to in church, if that makes sense. Yeah. Can you name some of those? What would be um, the key pitfalls for youth ministry? I think oh man there is um, I think one of them one of the things to think about is just um, choice and how the power dynamic that we have with young people and making sure that when we give young people a choice is it actually a choice mm -hmm. so when you say to a young person can you do this thing for me because I think you'd be really good at it and um, no one else wants to step up and do it is that actually a choice mm. or um, and also just how we use our power, the power dynamics that is between us as an adult, um, as someone older, as someone maybe seen as a spiritual leader, um, how are we phrasing what we say to them in a way that is giving them enough choice mm. um, and not to coerce them some, uh, into something or making them do something that they want, don't want to, or just even like harming them with that language. like. Um, saying something is sin or that they shouldn't speak to a certain person because they're worldly or sinful or demonic or whatever and um, yeah just being really careful about our 
language and thinking through the fact that we have power and that what we say have a lot of power as well. Mm. How do you feel the room took it? Did you feel you had a room who found that quite, oh, gosh, actually, I, I do that a little bit and I hadn't realised it and, oh, that's grateful. Or did you feel the people in the room probably are those that are not doing it anyway because they're kind of tuned into it? What was um, the reaction? I think... Um, I think originally when people came in, they actually sat a little bit back. Yeah, <laughs> that I was going to pick on them in terms of like you're a cult and you're not. And maybe they thought you were going to try and make them join a cult. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You cult. I mean, <laughs> I'm working on that. Um, but yeah, I think I think as I went on, and I think I, I'm trying really hard to be really gracious and making sure that I don't judge people, um, and that we start a healthy conversation around it rather than it being like you're a cult, you're not a cult. Mm. Um, and I think I feel like the room picked up on that, and that they felt more at ease as I was speaking mm. about it. Um, and I think I had a couple of questions afterwards, just around um, how to uh, healthily help people who are experiencing an existential crisis, for example, um, which was really interesting. So I think they took it well, mm. and I don't think I like offended anyone, mm. which is good. <laughs> So even that subtle use of you, you talked about a, a youth worker working with a young person who's having an existential crisis. There's a horrible word we use for that. It's called backslider. Like even mm. that kind of yeah. language. Mm. That they, yeah, that kind of we see them as a bit of an issue, and the whole church is suddenly seeing them as a pariah, and that that yeah. can quite easily border into well, if you want access to this community, mm. then you get back on board with the doctrines, and if yeah. you don't, then actually you lose all of these loving relationships that, yeah. have, that have nurtured you all your life. Possibly, mm. if you've grown up in a Christian family, it's so it's so subtle, isn't it? I guess the whole purity movement and the dismantling of the toxic purity evangelical yeah. movement that particularly we saw in the states, and there were pockets of it here, is a mm. classic example. Sex is a real field yeah. day, isn't it, for young people? Um, yeah, being vulnerable to being coerced and controlled, yeah. and yeah. that our voice adds to the confusion, the pain, rather than adds to the space. Yeah, yeah. It's probably you, that's more the kind of. Um, uh, the negative end of things, you know, you th that's that's where you might think, oh gosh, we need okay, to watch yeah, out yeah, for okay. these pitfalls yeah. that, that might be cultic. But I, I wonder whether the also yeah. at the other end there are things that we do that we might perceive as very positive mm. for young people, but actually right. are still exercising that kind of control. So um, I'm thinking about the young people that we empower to leadership roles, mm. and we ask them, we call them higher, we yeah. ask them to do to a sort of higher standard, we ask them to take on loads of responsibility. Mm. Responsibility. I, you know, I was putting together a Christmas service the other week, and I was aware that I was going to some of my kind of absolute, you know, mainstay. I super dependable, super reliable. I know that kid will never say no. Yeah. But actually, he'll never say no to me because he doesn't want to disappoint me. He doesn't want to let mm. me down. He may actually not want to do prayers in church again. He may not want to do a song, you know. But um, but mm. but I've sort of, if I'm not careful, I'm using the power dynamic there rather than giving them, rather than empowering mm. them. I don't know. Do you worry about that? I, no, I absolutely do. And I think for me, it's even more subtle. It's um, so I'm, I operate in quite a charismatic wing of the church mm. and um, very upfront and positive about you know giving the Holy Spirit a chance to move, mm. which actually is, I think, when you hear like Mike Pillow Action and others talking, you realise this is actually not about us doing the work. It's all mm. about young people. But some of the stuff that goes around it that, that can be framed as really positive. So 
having sweet lollies at the front a young person comes and gives their offering at the front takes a sweet actually gets used to coming to the front mm. it's a helpful way to break down barriers is that a helpful way to break down barriers is that quite manipulative depends how you frame it what the wider context is what else is feeding into that so it's just really interesting questioning yeah. what, what's normal behavior within your setting that probably yeah. needs to be challenged a bit if, yeah. if someone else is looking and going oh, oh that's interesting and, and if that is what you do because you want to break the barrier between the stage and the floor then fine do as much as possible to get the kids up on the platform and off the platform and stop mm, hit, stop mm. this weird pseudo but be upfront about that mm, that's yeah. what that is what you're doing mm. yeah um yeah. come and get a lolly because then you guys know that actually you can come to the front anytime is better than well we'll sneakily do it yeah. because then they'll yeah. it's interesting isn't it so mm. I'm, so that feels quite uncomfortable for me because actually that's my lane i feel like i want to talk about the charismatic stuff some more so okay. that because you've you've kind of come out of that kind of tradition yeah yeah well i've been in all kinds of traditions really but how do you apply this filter to because norway's know, to, interesting to as well isn't it norway's, norway's interesting. interesting yeah yeah i came from a lutheran background so quite, oh. quite a conservative high church kind of background yep. yeah yeah and you don't even stand to sing songs uh no at various like youth events when i was a teenager i was the only one standing because i was a little bit rebellious like that but yeah wow. you rebel <laughs> you rebel you're standing on that ribbon but what but think about thinking about the kind of charismatic world like yeah. do you do you find when you're looking at it this with this with this kind of perspective of is you know are we being coercive mm-hmm. are we offering people free mm-hmm. choice here yeah do you find yourself finding it really hard to engage in charismatic mm-hmm. stuff um i think think that there are stuff in all traditions so I can see things from the tradition that I grew up in that I, I don't think is very healthy and that's very much not a charismatic tradition and then I can see things from the charismatic tradition as well that is not helpful but equally in both of them there are things that are really good as well and um, I think one of the things that I've been thinking about is um, how we think about thinking and feeling um, so cults tend to separate thinking from feeling, uh, demonise one and, and idolise the other one. Mm. Um, and I think that we have a bit of that in churches as well often. Like some churches I think goes very like theoretical, very rational, very like heady. Mm. And then some churches go very feely and stuff. And the reason why that is a cultic thing and not a, uh, not a good thing is that when you separate the two, you are a lot more easy to manipulate and to coerce. Mm. Um, if you take away your feelings, you take away your moral judgment, your gut feeling that says something is off here. And if you take away your thinking and just go with your feelings, you are a lot more easy to get manipulated as well and not um, to critically assess and, and think through what is happening around you. Um, and I think most traditions tend to lean towards one or over the other. And I don't think... Um, I don't think it's a bad thing that we have a slight preference, um, but I think it's important that we um, we foster both, uh, and that we um, encourage young people as well to foster both, to foster both critical thinking and feeling. Um, yeah. Let me give you two bugbears of mine from two very different ends of the of the candle. So I um, first of all, I um, I grew up like you in a very conservative kind of background, mm-hmm. and now would describe myself as a sort of reluctant charismatic. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so so from the thing I I noticed growing up is the um, corrective prayer. 
Corrective prayer is when you would be praying in a group, and then if you got something yes. slightly oh, theologically gosh, wrong, theologically oh incorrect in your in your prayer, someone would just say, uh, "And just Lord, just as what Martin means, of course, is that he understands that justification is by your Son alone, uh, and he understands that there is no other way except through your holy name, Amen." Right, so that kind of thing, you yeah. know, you, we've all been, yeah, yes. sure, we've all been there. When that has happened, yeah. that's yeah. that's that's yeah, not that's good, so is it? So manipulative. That's so not good. And then, but the other end of the spectrum is the um, the musical bed when someone starts talking and, and lead, either speaking or leading ministry and then they are they call them pads yeah. they call them pads Is they the play Holy the Spirit keyboard pad? the Holy Spirit pad underneath when you're talking now the, I came a cropper the other day because I led uh, the service at my church I don't normally do that and I we finished the worship section and I thought it'd come to a nice end mm-hmm. and so I got up and started telling a story and it was a funny story but the pads but the pads came in oh, no. And so, so, so I realised that as somebody was playing a, the musical pads, uh, and then people assume a position, don't they? They start to close their eyes and, and tell oh a story. I'm thinking, this is a funny story. It involves my bum. I'm running out of road, so I ended up completely, <laughs> I ended up completely changing the story, running out of words, pass. and just leading into a prayer. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even tell, I didn't even tell the story. It was just a, wow. didn't even do the punchline. No, wow. leading yeah. to the punchline. So I don't like the musical pads either. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's the sort of thing we're talking about, right? Yeah, cut, yeah, cut yeah. the atmosphere, isn't it? I yeah. Think, yeah. There is something in churches that I feel like are like having a very hyped up music mm. when I'm trying to like engage with God in more like a a chill way. I don't know. And mm. I'm like, I'm not in a space where I feel like I want to like jump up and down right now. Yeah. Mm. I feel like the music is telling me that I, that is what I should be doing and that is how I should be. That is why, that is how I see him as a good Christian right now, is if I'm jumping up and down and mm. engaging in that way. Mm. Yeah, because it has behaviours, doesn't it, as mm. part of yeah. it. So I love I love your challenge that we think with our feelings and we feel with our thoughts. It's quite a nice sort of way to cut across that, isn't it? Because mm. we do, we do the sacrosacular, we do the binary, we separate yeah. thoughts mm. and feelings, yeah. and actually a holistic person is able to say, actually my feelings are sometimes the best way that I think. Yeah. Because mm. if yeah. I disconnect from that, then I know. And I guess I've been listening to um, a friend Natalie Collins who has been on this podcast last year we should get her back again shouldn't we but she's done quite a bit recently around um, talking about sexual abuse in church and yeah. that would be right up her street actually the yeah. reason that often it goes unspoken of even if lots of people know it's happening is mm-hmm. that is in a setting where everybody feels this guy or that whatever's going on is not right but but nobody feels that that feeling is given any credence mm-hmm. in the setting yeah. your thoughts are well yeah. there's a leader or they're this or there's that or maybe they're just a bit handsy or whatever so it's interesting it sort of cuts across so if we in youth ministry can change that and that's a phenomenal thing isn't it brilliant so are we going to do a resource called Thinky Feely like what's that <laughs> Thinky Feely I feel something is important at this needs a silly name <laughs> but where, does it, where do we go with this because that's true isn't it I think so there's a little bit of a sort of a, 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 a task for all of us involved in youth ministry just to like apply this yeah this well, question yeah. to our to our context so where could we be being coercive mm-hmm. and co- coercive is uh, there can be really like controlling horrible ends of that and they can yeah. be, coercive can be quite gentle as well yeah, can't it yeah. you can just gently try and be leading uh, so yes. I was going to say leading the witness, leading somebody, uh, yeah. you, you, yeah. you know, in a certain direction, and that you know, it's kind of a spectrum, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what would your advice yeah, be good. if we were to do a little sort of health check 
for our youth ministries. Yeah, like, how do you, how would you sit down and say, um, you know, are we actually exhibiting some cultic uh, things? Oh man, uh, I, I don't know if I can like sum it up in one thing. I feel like there are so many different things to think about. Um, I think potentially just like looking out, um, I guess looking at your own motivations when you're doing youth ministry um, and thinking about are you looking, are you bringing people in to boost your numbers or are you bringing people into church because that is actually the best thing for them? Mm-hmm. Um, like, are you bringing, are you trying to bring people into your church or are you trying to look at what is the best for your, this young person? Do they need to be in a different church? Um, mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, I think looking at your motivations um, and just thinking about how you feel in your context as well. Do you feel like your church is a good place to be for a young person? And if not, like maybe have those conversations within the church as well. Um, That's so, that's Mm. really good, isn't it? Almost think one of the questions that I need to ask that would help me understand this is almost quite Mm. good thinking. Because even as you were saying that, I was thinking, because I'm quite a... The way I communicate with my little small group and the students that I'm working with is I'm quite I'm quite um, eye contacty mm-hmm. and I'm quite immediate and I'm quite like what do you think about this now mm-hmm. and I realise that where I can be quite coercive is I get people to give me answers now and make decisions now and actually I've, I'm trying to learn to let people to go away think about it come back next week and make a decision because I can be quite I can railroad people a mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and they come up with what they think I, even if it's honest but they might just have felt a bit oh actually she, she pulled that out of me I wasn't yeah. ready whereas if they go away and think about it and think what they think I can't give an example of what I'm talking about now but then come back it's a little bit more of an owned Mm. choice and particularly with young people who on the surface can look a little bit either they you feel oh they need some kind of direction or they just feel a bit apathetic I, that tends to be my green light for going come on come on what do you think about this and that can actually over oh, I can overstep a line there mm. come on Marty I mean get involved this is good come on but it's interesting <laughs> it's isn't it because I, I naturally don't want that I want them to think and make a decision now because I know they'll go and watch Netflix but actually I want to trust mm. them to make that decision they haven't got to make it in front of me mm. it's not about me it's about them what I love about this is it's a it's a different way into some of the questions we should all yes, be asking it's a good discipleship model about our youth ministries yes like I talked before about the, the I got some stick for this but I'm going to say it again say it again get more stick which is, I, sticks. I, I don't like what don't you like the, uh, the, the phrase my young people I know you don't and I use it all the time I, but I use it all the time somebody said to me oh after that episode where you said I don't like my young people you said it in like every episode after I know, that it's I, mean, and yeah. because it's so easy to so say hard. but it is it does belie a mindset yeah. which is the this is my group that I am building, my kingdom, mm, yeah. you know, and and my church, and you know, oh, how many have we got this week? Mm. Oh, we've got this many. Oh, I'm doing well. Mm. All of that stuff, and we yeah. talk about that a lot, but we we never seem to um, get so, anywhere so with a lot of it. Answer? Well, I just think yeah. this is a really good angle yeah, in because actually, um, you know, it's it feels just a little bit more alarming the idea that we might be coercing young people mm. and we might need to the um, last thing stop becoming cult leaders. Do. Yeah, because the last thing any of us want to do isn't it we absolutely hand on yeah. heart we're, we're in this because we believe that Jesus is life in all its fullness and we yeah. and we step into big grace um, and, we're, and we're flawed and failed and we get it wrong and we are you know it is more fun when more kids rock up it does feel like oh, I've done a good job so I think you're right actually being honest enough to maybe have if only there was some kind of book like a game plan that we could like work through stuff <laughs> that would 
help. Make it a point. <laughs> that would help. That would be amazing. But it is, it's another way of thinking it's about where is good. your identity as a leader? Mm. What's your identity yeah. rooted in? Because if your identity is in the right place, mm. you aren't going to be needing to coerce people to join your yeah. little yes. group that, sure. you, that, yeah. that feeds your ego. And I think like people don't do it because they're wanting to coerce people. Like they, We just do things. We just have behaviours that we have that is unhealthy. And so just thinking about the things that we do critically and being able to start being honest about okay actually maybe this thing that I do isn't that healthy is is I think it's really important yes, I think everyone should yes. do it every once in a while. Yes. Yeah. Everybody should just do it. Agree. Agree. <laughs> before it. you before you go, before we wrap this up, um, you are part Rachel will feel this too keenly. You are part of this little brains trust in the corner of our <laughs> of our like basically we have like the brainy women of Youthscape and oh, they yes. they sit together they and basically be. make me feel small. <laughs> they just make you feel small and stupid no, so, so 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 you've got these we've got dr uh lucy, lucy shuka we've got dr phoebe. phoebe hill and you know gree ekland msc that'll do Amazing. that is you know so i mean the, the, that is that is a pretty impressive group and um, tell me what you do together and then tell me your part of it um we do all kinds of research uh, projects and get commissioned to do that we do on behalf of things we're wondering in the youthscape that has to do with young people mental health just everything concerning young people and my part in that is i'm a research assistant so i basically just do what i'm told but at, at the moment, <laughs> what you mean you're coerced So you are together, yeah. the Youthscape Centre for Research. Yeah. And uh, you pull together a research bulletin. Yeah, we do. And yeah. just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we give out a quarterly little magazine called The Story, where we basically, we pull together loads of different kind of um, interesting research and we make it accessible and easy to read so that you guys don't have to go looking for all the stats and we do it for you. And in the middle of that, there is a massive poster and the latest one has to do with the climate change. Um, so we call it all you, have to, uh, all you Have to Know About the Climate Change, which there is much more to know about the climate change, so you probably need some more. But um, yeah, so it's really, it's really good because we get different people to come in and write little pieces about the latest in research uh, regarding young people. That's brilliant. Are you terrified every time you lead a meeting and Grease there? Does she, does she get a book out and start <laughs> writing furiously when either you or Chris say something that borderlines? Is there a bell? <laughs> I do worry. I do, I do, it does worry me. Yeah, the, um, so the story is available uh, free as a PDF or yes, as a sort of an online yeah. Yeah. PDF viewer thing. Usegate.co.uk slash research. But uh, you can also subscribe to the physical copy. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you get the physical copy, you get a sort of beautiful fold-out thing. It's incredibly fun to mm. fold and <laughs> unfold. And you unfold it into the poster, as yeah, you say. That's right. um, so it is worth doing that. So you can get you it for get ten. Get the store. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on the store, and it's ten pounds. Ten pounds for the year. Yeah. Ten pounds for the year. So well worth subscribing to. Did you know? And you might not know this actually because somebody else on the team didn't know this, but it's called the story because that spells out statistics, trends, and research for youth ministry. What? Oh my God. I certainly did not know no, that. No, you didn't know that. that. Ooh. There you go. That's that why it's called amazing. the story. Help with that, Martin. Oh, I may have had a hand in it. <laughs> <laughs>
Is, the, is, is this called the podcast because it's prattling of dear cranky keep going keep going saucy teachers <laughs> saucy teachers <laughs> saucy teachers was actually the rejected first name for um, no sex please with teenagers <laughs> Do you know what I'm fine with Rachel is if you just leave her enough she just if you just leave her enough time and enough space, she just fills it with something ludicrous. You just don't don't if you don't come in. Don't don't rescue. Oh it's wonderful. If you don't rescue her, don't throw her a rope. Oh, I love it. I love it. Right, that's probably enough. Anyway, that is enough. Your your lovely friends of Norway and list this. Where is she? Oh she's there. Oh she's there. Oh dear. Anyway, I'm, I, my makeup is running down my face. We love you, podcast listeners. Wasn't that a great episode? It was fun. That was so good. We need to do some shout-outs. Yes. I think, in honour of Bree being here, Uel, all those guys at Uel and Lene Stordel, and just we, we've had we've had a podcast from we had Borgen and oh, some brilliant people from Uel. So anyway, so everyone in Norway who we know and love, Beth Hawksworth and Saint Melitus College, we think you're fantastic. And uh, Sam and Helen Baker in Wallingham, the Youthscape podcast super fans. Uh, we hope you're listening again. Yes. Uh, that's it for another Youthscape podcast. Uh, do listen again or don't. It's your choice. <laughs>